Ramblers, let's get rambling. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 421 on my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show 18411. I have a great show lined up today as we journey across the sands of time and visit some heroes of some different generations. Going to start things off by going way back to the 1400s, to the early years of one of the most famous artist of the Renaissance, this time in Italy, and that is uh, the Stars Network's Da Vinci's Demons, Season 1 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment, where we catch up with the uh, amazing 25-year-old Leonardo. Then we go from uh, from Renaissance Italy to a another series of time travel, sort of. With Outlander Season 1, Volume 1, courtesy of Sony Home Video on DVD. Uh, and th- th- this is, of course, the, the new book series based on the popular books by Diana Gabaldon about a, a, a woman who has a life in two different time periods. Then we go from a woman out of time to a woman kind of um, struggling to recover, if you will, in the fourth and final chapter in the Legend of Korra. It is Legend of Korra Book 4 Balance on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, where the Avatar must confront her past to deal with her present. Then we go from the heroic Avatar to the heroes and villains of Marvel for the Marvel Encyclopedia. Uh, ex- updated and expanded courtesy of DK Publishing, where we catch up with all the characters from the Marvel Universe. That's all in this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a quick little musical interlude and write up the first review of the show. My first TV show on DVD review for this episode is Da Vinci's Demons. Courtesy, season one, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now, this is a brand new show on the Stars Network, which chronicles the early years of Leonardo da Vinci. And this is long before he was a grizzled old dude, which you've seen on countless TV shows, including Star Trek Voyager. You know, we're not talking John Reese davies here. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci is played by Tom Riley. He is, this is, the, the year is around 1476, 75. It's in the Renaissance of Italy. And poor Leonardo is a young artista. He's a young maestro who, who works in Florence as, as an artist. But his, his, his interests don't just lie in, in in paintings and, and, and sculptures. He has a he has a mind of, of way of just thinking things out and his interests lie far more than just artwork. Unfortunately at this time, Leonardo gets caught in with, with a war going on in, in in this time period between Florence and Rome. And and the the main conflict is between the house of Medici 
that uh, of Lorenzo Medici, which which, which uh, I guess Leonardo is a a a our patron of, or he's the the artist du jour, and and there's there's a there's a friendship kind of there with Lorenzo and and Leonardo. Uh, but, you know, it's a very interesting kind of deal. Also, um, you also have um, Lorenzo has a brother called Guillermo, who who is also a you know. Uh, another character in this. Your main villain in this one is Riario. He is he is the he is the uh, Count Riario. He is he is the main villain in in this piece, and really is is done well. The the, the this time period and and this what it was cool about this show was this is really a history lesson for you. In this time period, the, the the papacy really had a lot of power. And and Count Riario was kind of working for the Pope to to kind of, you know, he was like the, the enforcer. Along uh also um in this story, uh Leonardo is joined by his two kind of buddies slash assistants, one Zoaster, played by Greg Chillen, and Nico, played by Eros Valos. So they're kind of his, you know, um, Guy Fridays, his assistants, that kind of thing. So, so you have you have you have quite a cast here in, in this. Also, uh, Clarice Orsini is uh, uh, um, is Lorenzo's wife in this one. Also, another big cast member in this one is Lucrezia Donati, played by Laura Haddock. She is a very interesting character and you find that as this first season goes along she she's very much playing both sides of the fence here in, in a way and the main thrust of of the the eight episode first series and it, it is only eight episodes but it's jam-packed eight episodes is is the war really between the medicis and the Patsies. This is a another family that that feels you know they are the rightful rulers of Florence and the rightful rulers of the city, and they want the Medici's out. They're really there's no love loss here, and and so that really is it's a power play struggle. And of course, Leonardo is caught in the middle of it. While this power play struggle is going on, this is a lot to talk about for just eight episodes. Uh, Leonardo finds about uh, learns about the 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 Book of Leaves, which is this amazing book which could which could change the world that that may be in the hands of his long lost mother also in in this series you have uh, Piero da Vinci played by David Schofield this is Leonardo's dad who is a, a a solicitor a barrister if you will a justicia or whatever they want to say it and 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 at one point he has to defend Leo over a charge of sodomy which is just that's really bad stuff so so you have a that kind of father son relationship going on as well the the series is is produced and 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 um kind of show run by the co-writer of the dark knight trilogy trilogy david uh david s goyer of course was involved in man of steel so this is a guy he's done some really good work lately and so he's kind of the showrunner for this show now keep in mind ladies and gentlemen that this is on the stars network so just like spartacus this is not a show you need to be watching with children 
it is very violent, it is very sexual, and there are some languages in this you don't want to know. Keep in mind, much like Spartacus, this is not a show that 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 is um afraid to show the male anatomy, if you will. So you know, it and and it, so so there's 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 and 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 I I got to credit the actors how how casual they are with the nudity in the show but 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 there you go so so there is that aspect of it there is that kind of um casual nudity which goes on um in this uh for guest stars um the most notable one and this is right in the first episode and this guest star his his appearance in the show, his character, what happens to his character is really the catalyst for all what ha- all the chaos which happens in Florence in season one. Is Hugh Bonneville, less known of of course from Downton Abbey, and and you see this actor in a way you would never see him in Downton. Hello, I, it's it's very revealing. It's a very short part, but but it's like wow, I I I doubt you'll ever see Hugh Bonneville portrayed that way ever in Downton. I, I don't think the, the, the Earl of Graytham will ever be portrayed that way, but it's it's nice kind of stunt casting, if you will. The The theme song, the music for the show, is done by the great Bear McCreary, who everything I seem to watch from him lately, I like. You know, he is the same guy that did the theme music for The Walking Dead, for the recently done Battlestar Galactica, for Black Sails. So he's a really busy dude and 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 this theme song really works with the show it it really kind of draws you in and makes you feel part of the watching experience for special features on this first season uh dvd release not bad you get audio commentary uh, with the right director executive producer david s goyer with with the actors in the show and you get this on almost, I think, practically all episodes of the show you can watch with commentary for this season. So that is pretty damn cool. Uh, you get a lot of little featurette. You get Mastering Da Vinci. This is a, a nice little featurette of, of Bear McCrary talking about composing the show and how he constructed the theme song. And it's very interesting the how he made the theme song. If you listen to it, you go, oh, yeah, it kind of works that way. Uh, constructing Da Vinci. This is a nice little featurette on on building the sets for this show. And man, did they go to town and building the sets? It is just show visually is just amazing. Dressy Da Vinci on on all the the, the costumes in this show. Uh, worldwide fanfare. This is the the global reaction to the show. So we get some you know uh, red carpet kind of stuff, uh, deleted scenes, and the, the a little bit of a second screen promo that's what you get in in just in this for extras so that's pretty cool and watching the extras and and if you pay attention to the credits you'll notice there is a connection to da vinci's demons and doctor who and that is julie gardner is executive producer of da vinci's demons at least for the first season she is and and she was, of course, the executive producer and showrunner for Doctor Who when it came back in 2005 and stayed with the show till 2010 until uh, until it was taken over. Um, until Russell T. Davies left the show. So so you and, until it's taken over by Stephen Moffat. So you have 
a Doctor Who connection to Da Vinci, and it kind of shows. I mean, I, I've, sh- I'm, I, you know, it's kind of like if if we did a really adult version of Doctor Who and allowed and didn't make it a kids show, it's that same kind of feel. So it's cool to see that 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 she's continuing to associate herself with quality drama. Overall, this is a really fun show. The the keep in mind, uh, th- there are times where it gets extremely violent, and 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 and, and you know kind of um, sexual but but that's that's stars okay you just it, this is the network this is the kind of shows they do it's not messy it's a bad thing but 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 <laughs> you can all say stars the not for kids network um but but that's just what they do overall a, a really fascinating look into history also a highlight for me for season one <laughs> was an episode where da vinci and his and his and his buddies Zo and and Nico pay a visit to a certain Vlad the Impaler. Now you're thinking to yourself, where have I heard Vlad the Impaler? Well, Vlad the Impaler was best known as Dracula, and is the man that the myth is based on. So, so at one point they have to visit Dracula's castle, and and the guy who pays Dracula is just man, he is good. And and they really kind of make a nod. There's a lot of nods to the legend of, and it, it's just it's a really good spooky, creepy episode. And and by far my favorite guest star of season two. That was just so cool. And if you look at the timeline of Da Vinci and the then Vlad the Impaler, yeah, they they were born. Uh, you look at their, you know, Da Vinci's age in the show and how old you figure Vlad was, and you look at history. Yeah, they they theoretically could have met uh, uh, during that time period. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility, and that's what I like about these shows, these historical fiction shows, where they take you know established fact and they weave in a little bit of fiction, and it makes it all kind of seem ooh very similar. To to you know maybe maybe some of this is true. Uh, keep in mind too, season one does end in a huge cliffhanger <laughs> for you. So so uh, luckily season two is out now, so you don't have to wait too long to check that out. But just be forewarned. It it builds up to just a huge moment. You're going like, damn, the season's over. But that's that's the way it is. So that is my take of Da Vinci's Demons, Da Vinci's Demons Season 1 on DVD, courtesy the great folks at Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Look at my life, I do not see. is around No one can take the place of you no matter how hard I try I might say I love her but it's you on my mind If I fall down on my knees Beg you please come back to me Would you Moving on. Never too late to look 
show on dvd review plus episode is outlander season one volume one courtesy of sony home video now this is the first eight episodes of uh the the tv show based on the outlander books by dana gabaldon which was done quite a few years ago the story centers around a a army nurse called claire randall who gets transported in time from 1945 to night to 1743 and and her life gets immediately thrown into chaos. So it's a kind of a time travel kind of love story. 
She gets sent back in 1743 to in, in Scotland, so it's the same place, different time, where the Jacobite Revolution is uh, coming to fore, and and she gets swept up with the clan, with the clan uh, Mackenzie and 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 Jamie Frazier. So this is very much a a woman out of time story. Claire Randall, who 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 takes the name of Clay uh, of 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 um, of of Claire Beauchamp, that she takes her maiden name, is played by Katrinia uh, uh, Balfi. And the uh, Jamie Fraser is played by Sam Hewen, and and this is a very kind of classic love story. Now, I I, I think I may reviewed these books on the show years ago. I have to go back on the records and look, but I may or may not have talked about this series. I read these books ages ago, and I've I've read up to maybe the first I don't know, three or four in this series. I, I'm a little bit behind in that, and I always found that the stories were a very interesting mixture of time, travel, and romance. And if you've been a long-time listener to the show, you know I ain't a big romance-reading kind of dude. But I really found just that kind of fish-out-of-water, kind of time-travel kind of story worked really well for me. And I got intrigued. And this is a very interesting adaptation. I'm kind of glad they did this TV show-wise and not just one big movie. So your first eight episodes are one Claire kind of adjusting to suddenly being over you know over two hundred years in the past and trying to survive. Now, an interesting complication along the way is is back in the past she meets her her nineteen forties husband Frank Randall's um, ancestor, if you will, back then, and and then both played by Tobias Menzies. And the Frank in her from the 1940s isn't the same Frank she meets back in the 1700s. His descendant is really a bastard. I mean, excuse the language here, but immediately he's he's an army in in the British army. He's a high high mucky muck in the British army, and immediately on discovering her in the woods, tries to rape her because <laughs> he can. Because hey, it's 1700s. We want um. As you know, and 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 so that's her first impression, and and this, and he goes throughout these eight episodes obsessed with finding out the truth of her existence because, you know, this is 1740s. You can't say to people, oh, you know, I just traveled back 200 years in time, and and this is where I come from because what are they going to say to her, witch, and then burn her, right? So she has to hide this, but but you know. Officer Randall back then knows she's hiding something and is determined to to get the truth out of her one way or another. So it, it's very much a um he, he he wants a piece of her badly. So the 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 first eight episodes are her trying to evade avoid him and adjust with life with the Scots and and it's it's. Very interesting because it's it's quite a a, a um, adjustment for her because all those modern conveniences of of her original time period are gone. And what I, what I like how they edit the show is that they flash back from her predicament in in the 1700s to her life in the 1940s, and and it ties together really nicely. 
really works really well. And and the the and this is only the first half of the first season, first eight episodes, and the eight episode ends with just a huge cliffhanger. Really, like and now keep in mind, um, this is a very adult show. The the books are very adult, so there is nudity, there is sexuality in this, although uh, mostly it's female nudity, any male naughty bits in this one. Sorry, ladies, are are kind of not seen <laughs> in this. So it's very much that. The music in this, the title is, is the music is done by um uh by uh, this is a Ronald D. Moore production. So this the man behind this is the same person who did Battlestar Galactica and and you can tell it has that same kind of edge to it and the composer for the theme song and it's a very moving theme song it's by the same guy who did galactica and it really works it just has that kind of it just really immerses you into the show it really works well and 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 this is a really fun show now there's no you know it's not a big actiony show it's more suspenseful but really sets you in the tone. Now, I just got the DVD release, so I didn't get the collector's edition, so you don't get a lot of features with this. You do get an epic adaptation. This is a nice little featurette where the author and the stars talk about making, turning this novel into a TV series. And you get the dresses and kilts of an outlander. This is a nice little featurette where they go into how all the the, the amazing costume work that went into the show and how it came to light. Because... God, it just it's amazing what 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 they can put together and make it seem really authentic. I'm I'm you know, I'm no expert on a scot, but it looks pretty good to me. Also in this movie, you get a lot of Gaelic being spoken with no subtitles. Which, you know, that's great if you can speak Gaelic, but suddenly I can't. So <laughs> a lot of dialogue. You're going, What the hell are they saying? And sometimes it's explained, but it's one of these shows. Heck, if you know Gaelic, you'll understand more of what's said in a lot of things than I will. Uh, so just <laughs> keep that in mind. It would have been nice if you could have subtitled what the hell they were saying. But but that's that's me being picky. Overall, this is a a fun kind of introduction to to the Outlander universe. I, I like where it's going. There's real chemistry. Between the actors who played Jamie and Claire, uh, and 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 the actor who plays Frank in both time periods, he does it really well too. Uh, overall, I like to see where it's going. Uh, I have the advantage that I kind of know watching the show after reading the books. I know where some of the story is going to go, and and somewhere it's going to happen. But but the last episode is truly like, oh, just pulls your heart. And and so I have an advantage that I, I kind of know where it's going to go. But, you know, a lot of times producers of shows kind of like to say, yeah, you know, you may have read the books, but we're going to take this in a different direction. Like 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 we did with Under the Dome. So, so we'll see how true to the author's story it goes. Because I, I know what should happen, but we'll see what will happen when it comes to this TV show. So does it help to read the book? Somewhat, but you, you could go into this with not reading the book and still get involved in the story. So that is my take of Outlander season one, volume one on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Sony home video. 
Words in my mind, they make them too crystal clear My words are too slow, they get too clumsy, too fake Like trying to shuffle all the snow off the road with the weight They never quite make it, now they always fall short She leans upon her feelings for the extra support And I do the same, it shows me the way And balances what is with what I'm trying to say And I always wonder why you try to invite me inside Of your world, but then you run off to the shadows and hide I may never understand everything you've been through I thought I heard you say you just wanna have fun Every time I get close you turn and you run And now I'll never realize the depths of everything you've been through I guess I don't need to It's holding too much water Walls are crashing down I wish that I could have caught her She doesn't need me to save her I'll just be around Making sounds on these guitar strings I gave her Later we can take a walk Down by that river Stop and grab a bite to eat Or have them deliver The sliver with my heart Is drifting away Imbalance is the key I needed So I can change it out Always wonder why you try to invite me inside Of your world, but then you run off to the shadows and hide I may never understand everything you've been through I thought I heard you say you just wanna have fun Every time I get close, you turn and you run But now I'll never realize the depths of everything you've been through I guess I don't need to TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Legend of Korra Book 4 Balance courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Now this is the fourth and final season of The Legend of Korra the spin-off really of Avatar The Last Airbender. Now when we last left season 3 Korra had gone through a horrendous fight uh, near the end of that season and, and was a beaten and battered Avatar. 
and she and at the end of the season three, she decided to you know take some time off and kind of chill and recover because she got her ass whooped at the end of season three. So you know when she was still recovering. So season four picks up. Three years have gone by since the end of season three, and and the the Avatar is still nowhere to be seen. Republic City is kind of being kind of being policed by the the new airbender tribe which has just kind of flourished at the end of season three and and everybody else has kind of um grown up a little bit and gone and done their own thing mako is is still uh, part of the public city police asami is still running her factory and bolin now works for the new kind of earth tribe or uh, earth kingdom police if you will your main villain in this fourth and final season is uh kuvira who is a kind of a uh, power hungry uh metal earthbender who suddenly decides that the earth kingdom is way too split up and we need to kind of set things back together again this course is kind of fallout from season three where the the old earth queen got killed by the main villain and and so that kind of created a little bit of a power vacuum that Kavina is ready to fill, and she's ready to fill it with might. She's ready, you know, you know, I I see things this way, and this is the way it's going to do going to go down. Bolin has joined up with her because he just wants to help people, but he soon realizes, you know, that she may not be, you know, the savior that 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 she's supposed to be. So that really kind of gets decided really quickly that this last season is kind of um a, a rebuilding really for cora and a really kind of getting her her back it, she really doesn't become you know cora if you will full cora till the end of you know to the end of the season this is a bit of a long road back for her. and 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 that's that's really the, the journey that she kind of takes and like with past seasons, this is a really good season. It really revolves around family and recovering and 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 really fighting against depression. Also, this season in the end features a giant robot with a freaking laser gun. This, this massive robot. This It's like a walking CN tower with a big hand cannon. That's powered by spirit vines. Holy crap. This thing is just... It is a massive uh, robot with a cannon. And it is just crazy. The... You know, you don't often see that kind of a weapon. Also back is Varric. Varric was working with the Earth Kingdom before. But him and Bolin kind of realized, wait a minute. Maybe we're playing on the wrong team here. Also, uh, yeah, the 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 um, uh, Tenzin's kids grow up a little bit as well. So there's there's a lot of character changes. And and at first it was like really three years. Why did you have to jump three years? But I guess that was part of the whole character development with Korra that she had to be gone that long. So it really is, uh, you know, a sense of rebuilding for the character, and really is a fun season. And ends, you know, on a nice note. Now, a lot of people on websites, and, and you know, I, I always check this out. I, I've seen some people, you know, review the fourth season of Legend Core, and they say that they hate 
the ending of the show. And and I got to say, I don't know. I, I thought it ended in a really nice note and kind of left it to, to kind of drop the ball and said, here, we've taken the character this far. We've taken all these characters this far. Here was where we're going to leave it. And the rest is up to you. And, and you know, kind of left the ball for anybody else who wants to, you know, continue this story. And I think that that is a fine thing. I mean, there may be some closed-minded people who, who thought that maybe Cora should have walked off into the sunset with another character. But whatever. You know, you, you have to... <laughs> it makes sense. If you have watched all four seasons of this show, then and I don't see why you have a problem with the ending. You just It's maybe people that have... I don't know, closed-minded uh, opinions of that show, but but um, and and it, and it's not a sh- and it's a show too that really doesn't um, shy away from stuff like murder, suicide, and and that kind of thing. There really is, it's a really deep uh, cartoon show, and and that's I I like that that that. Uh, that it doesn't shy away from that. The music in the show is awesome. I, I still love the music <coughs> to this. And and it really has a, a nice feel to it. Now, of course, with with all the the um Legend of Korra's on Blu-ray, you do get extras you don't get on DVD. I would recommend getting this in Blu-ray. As always, you get uh, audio commentaries by all the cast by audio commentaries by cast and crew for a majority of episodes on this one. So that is really cool. There's lots of audio commentary on this as well. You get a New York Comic-Con uh, panel featurette, which is their last appearance at the New York Comic-Con, where the um, three members of Team Avatar and the two correct uh, directors and creators sit down and do a uh, little panel discussion. Although a, a, lo- a good chunk of the, of the Comic-Con stuff is is th- this this little kind of um, I don't know little video that they shot they showed to the audience which was really kind of dumb, <laughs> so you don't really get that much Q and A from the audience. But it's nice to see the characters reminisce, and it and it reminds me that Mako is actually played by David Fastiano, who of course used to be Bud Bundy, and he actually talks about people are now. Say more, hey Mako, than hey Bud Bundy. But that that's freaky. I, I I totally forgot that that used to be him. And and you know you got to see him. So that that's kind of cool. Also, um, in this one there there's also the making of the Legend of the Untold Story Part Two. This is more puppet hijinks with the Legend of Korra. And on the first disc, you have um the the uh, from this uh, a, a a a short little anim- uh three part little animated short chronicling some early adventures of Mako and Bolin on the streets of Republic City. So you kind of have that as well. Overall, a, a good fourth and final season for for Korra the Avatar. I, I think if you you look at her journey and her story arc from the first season, book one, where she was just Spitfire and ready to go and making a lot of mistakes, but kind of learning as you go to the, the final version of Avatar, you know, where, where we see her, you know, go through all these things and, and realize 
you know, her place in the world and what she should be as an avatar. And, and that she's learned from all the past trials she's had to go through to get to where she is now. So that that's kind of cool that we get to see that the journey that she's on. Overall, a fun series. Uh, as I said before, I watch these these episodes and it makes me want to go back and check out the original Avatar, The Last Airbender, just to see, you know, where all these these characters originate from and see some of the characters that are older in Korra see the younger versions of them in the, in the first show. So that is my take of The Legend of Korra Book 4 Balance on a Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Sometimes I feel lonely Sometimes I feel sad I don't really know you But you are in my head I could be so happy If I see you again You are the girl with Brings my happy end And I'm thinking again You are nothing or everything to me And I know Sometimes you will be and anything to me And I know We could be There are many girls which I couldn't see You are the only one The only one for me This is the truth This is the reality Cinema and not on the TV, and I see you are nothing or everything to me, and I know sometimes you will be. book review for this episode is the Marvel Encyclopedia, the definitive guide to the characters of the Marvel Universe, updated and expanded, courtesy of DK Publishing. Now, in this 440-page book, this really chronicles uh, pretty much the whole Marvel Universe, from, from, from the A's, from Abomination, right to the uh, to the very end when it comes 
two characters. It really is a long list of characters. This also includes an introduction by Stan, the man Lee. And the way it's put together is by multiple contributors. Also, we have a foreword by Ralph Macchio. The contributors in this are Tom DeFalco, Peter Sanderson, Tom Brivat, Michael Teitelbaum, Daniel Wallace, Andrew Darling, and Matt Forbeck, all people who have worked on various superhero-y kind of things. So what this is, it, it, it is a page-by-page listing of every character you can almost think of in the Marvel Universe. I said, starting from good old Abomination right up until Zax, even. I think he is the last character in this one. So it really is a huge history. And, and what I liked about this one is that besides giving you know you a, a a pretty much up to date bio? Now this is up to date as of 2014, so it's pretty current when it, when it comes to that. But besides bio, it actually gives you first appearances, which, as you remember, uh, Ramblers, the last review I read didn't give you a a first appearance listing of of the characters with the Avengers one. This one it does. But it also gives you occupation, name, height, weight, eyes, hair, and then, and then real name. And it gives you a nice little bio of each of these characters and a nice little picture too as well. Of course, now bigger character, you know, most of the bios are really small. But some of the bigger ones, we're talking, you know, X-Men and Hulk and Captain America. They're, and they're, they're and Fantastic Four. They are two, three, four-page entries. This is... A really good book if you want to get acquainted with the Marvel Universe. There's so many characters in here that I'm going like, wow, I never heard of that one before. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that one. And and there's a lot there's a lot in here. And it really is 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 impressive when it comes to just the pure sheer number of characters. There's over twelve thousand entries in this book alone. And that that's I should know 1,200 entries in this book alone. And that that's pretty impressive for a 440-page book. This is one of these big kind of you can knock somebody out with coffee table books. And it's a nice uh, dust cover with it as well. And I like the cover in that it, it shows characters in the top and bottom. And I love the, the gag of, of um, Mr. Fantastic punching Dr. Doom in the bottom and the Hulk grabbing one of Dr. Octopus's tentacles. So that's that's just uh, a nice added to it. So it really is uh, a, a good database. This reminds me of when I was a kid, I used to collect the Marvel Universe um, guides in comic book form. And it took me forever to collect all those, where this is just one big, massive volume one. Now, I don't need to be nitpicky, but it, it, it's it's pretty thorough. But there are some weird omissions to this. Yeah, we have uh, the Hobgoblin. And yeah, we have the Green Goblin. But there's no Demo Goblin. And there's no Jack-O-Lantern. Although he is mentioned in this, in this entry, in this book, with another character, with Hobgoblin, we don't actually see an entry for Jack-O-Lantern. And I think that's kind of weird. Weird little omissions uh like that 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 i find rather strange uh they also highlight events like the age of ultron um 
Secret Invasion. Oh, no, they don't mention Secret Wars. And they mention Infinity, but they don't mention the Infinity Gauntlet. So it, it really, I don't know. There are, maybe there's just so much room and they couldn't squeeze it all in. But I don't know. I, I find that rather odd. So you have a, a pretty substantial listing uh, when it comes to characters. And it really is a, a cool kind of guide. If if you want to, you know, give somebody say, here's the Marvel Universe, boom. And, and as I said, it is pretty up to date. Just certain, since Marvel history and continuity has been... God, shake it up so much over the years. It's hard. To, you, you read some of the histories and you go, well, that's cool. You mentioned all this, but I'm pretty sure this happened to the character at some point and I don't see a mention of it in a little bio. And I'm thinking, okay, either that's been erased from <laughs> comic book history because they keep changing things so much or they just didn't want to mention it. I don't know. But that that's just me. So, there's some characters and I go, well... It's great you mentioned this, this, and this, and this. But then there's parts of your history where you just seem to want to forget mentioning those parts. Like the, the, with the Hulk, there's a whole part. Uh, I remember when he got banished to the crossroads and had to fight his way back and all that kind of stuff. And they just don't want to mention that. Sure, they'll mention World War Hulk and then come back and kick an ass. But, but I don't know. So there's little weird omissions like that, that kind of make me go, hmm, okay. Other than that, it, it, it's a really cool book. If you are a Marvel fan or know somebody who is a Marvel fan, this is probably the most up-to-date listing you're ever going to get when it comes to uh, like so many characters in the Marvel Universe. And some of them obscure. I, I, I challenge you. There, there will be characters in your book you'll go, really? I never heard of those ones before. Right up there with the big boys, you know. Um, so there, there is that in there as well. So other, other than that, uh, a really cool book and, and definitely worth checking out if you're a Marvel fan, for sure. So that is my take of the Marvel Encyclopedia, the definitive guide to the characters of the Marvel Universe, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Well, that's it for this episode of Ramble with Russell. As always, you can get in touch with me the number of ways on the internet. You can, get, you can f- find me on Twitter. I'm Rambling Russ on Twitter. R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. I appreciate any kind of response I get on Twitter. And I thank you in advance for any retweets or favorites. Yadoumi. You can also check out this uh, uh, podcast on my original homepage, which is still currently on the internet on Libsyn. That is HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, ramblingrust.libsyn.libsyn.com. That is my original home on the internet where I have over eight plus years on podcasting goodness posted up there. Coming down to my ninth year this May. As, as always, as well, you can check out all my new episodes as of August 2013 onward. Uh, right here on TalkShoe, I'm show 18411 on the TalkShoe Network. And you can also check out the show on Facebook. I just didn't type in Ramble Russell on the Facebook page. You can find me there. And check me out on iTunes from the iTunes store under podcasts. That is where you can find me on the web. Coming up, i got some really good stuff coming up on the show for future episodes. 
Coming up, you'll you'll get my review of Da Vinci Demons, the complete second season on Blu-ray. Just finishing that up. Courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Video, we catch up with more adventures with Da Vinci and Buds. As well as uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, a new animated feature. First time on DVD, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, as well as Doctor Who, The Last Christmas on Blu-ray, courtesy of BBC Home Video. Then we hit the road with The Wild One on Blu-ray, an old Marlon Brando flick, courtesy of Mill Creek. And any given, on, or no, on, on any Sunday, the next generation, or next chapter, on DVD, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. That's all coming up on future episodes of the show. As well, uh, you'll get may, possibly my review of the, um, <laughs> of the uh, movie Muck. Uh, the DVD review of Petticoat Junction, uh, family favorite episodes, Star Trek, the original series, Captain Kirk's boldest missions, and Turn Washington Spies, season one, the AMC show, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. All things coming up right here on Rambles Russell. Also playing my way through some video games, still playing through Metro Last Light. Uh, Well, I, I... Maybe we'll be finishing DuckTales Remastered, although I'm getting a little stuck on that game, but we'll see. And also, I'll play my way through Bound by Flame. And, and, um... So, that and and a few other games as well. So, that's all coming up. There will be more video game reviews coming up on the show in the very near future. That is it for me, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.